This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. So much to get to. There were only five games last night, but I thought all of them were pretty entertaining and fun. And let's start with, of course, the battle of 87 and 97. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, people wanting this to be on NBC Sportsnet. It should be a featured game, and it was an entertaining game for sure. But it ended up being somebody other than Sidney Crosby that turned out to be the difference in this one. And that was a goal by Yevgeny Malkin in the third period from Kessel and Latang that ended up breaking up the 2-2 tie. But still, the kid was heard from. And maybe one of the plays we saw so far this year with McDavid being able to split up the middle, splitting the defense, and getting a goal to Dreisaitl that at the time had given Edmonton a 2-1 to lead after Hornquist had given Pittsburgh the one nothing edge. Nugent Hopkins gets his 100th National Hockey League goal. Dreisaitl gets the tremendous feed from McDavid, but it's then Sheary's goal from Crosby uh, and Manta that tied the game up in the third period, in the second period, very, very late, came with less than a minute to play in the period, and then Malkin uh, gets the goal. Neither of these teams have really gained a tremendous amount of traction this year, but there seems to be legitimate concern around Edmonton. Did we exaggerate how close they were to being a cup contender based on McDavid having the 100-point season, based on the fact that Edmonton got out of the first round against San Jose, uh, played very competitive against Anaheim, where they very easily could have been one of the final four in the conference final last year. Is this just growing pain? Sometimes you t- see teams that are on the rise take steps back. We saw that in baseball with the Houston Astros, right? Everybody's talking about in 2014 when Sports Illustrated had the cover of the Astros, your 2017 World Series champions. They got it right, but it's not like there weren't growing pains over those three years. You know, missing the playoffs, coming up short, and sometimes not having the regular seasons that you thought. Is that a situation here where Edmonton is just going through the growing pains, or is something missing here? Um, I don't know if a coaching change is in order. I don't believe so. Uh, I'm not close enough to the team to watch them day in and day out to say that it's a coaching issue. Uh, I'd love people that are Edmonton fans or cover the team. Maybe we'll try to get a guest at some point to further discuss this. They're getting shots on goal. They're just not finishing. And... It's only one loss. I'm going to get a chance to see them next Saturday, and then we're at Madison Square Garden, my first chance to see them live. But I'm just scratching my head with all that talent. First, it was old Dreisaitl's out. Well, Dreisaitl's back. McDavid has got 13 points on the season. I think that's enough. Um, is it Maroon dialing back? Is Talbot not the same player that he was? It just seems that they're getting their shots on goal, but they're coming up short. A lot of one-goal losses. And let's not forget that this team is in the situation that they're in, and they won their first game of the season handily over Calgary, and you thought that the sky was going to be the limit. And it's still very early. But what I take from the Pittsburgh-Edmonton matchup last night, watching as much of it as I could, that there, there's excitement around those two teams playing, but I don't really worry about Pittsburgh. A lot of veterans, maybe they've underachieved so far early in the season. Latang certainly, what is he, a minus 15 to start the season. But, you know, Pittsburgh, they've got the pedigree. Edmonton's the team to be concerned about here. They do not have the pedigree. They actually made the playoffs for the first time in 11 years last year, wondering if they are taking a bit of a step back. Uh, Devils, uh, we thought that this Western swing was going to be a real test for them, and certainly it is, taking on a red-hot Vancouver Canuck team, and the Devils haven't missed a beat as they shut out the Canucks 2-0. But this game was an onslaught by Vancouver. They had 37 shots on goal. 
A lot of power play opportunity, especially in the third period for the Canucks when the Devils took a couple of penalties. And Corey Snyder was the difference in the game, making 37 saves for the shutout. And here's what I'll say about the Devils. They're a young team. They're a fun team. But they are going to go as far as Corey Schneider takes them. They are going to need better goaltending than they got last year. And that stands for Kincaid as well, because both of these goaltenders are going to have to be on the top of their game, because this is not a devil team that's going to shut you down. This is not your father's devils that play um, a lockdown kind of a trap system where they reduce the number of shots on goal. This is a team that's going to give it up. You saw it against Ottawa last week, where they gave up two goals in the final minute, only to be able to win the game in the shootout. Games are going to be crazy, and Vancouver, if they had a little bit more finish, probably win that game last night. Now, this is a defensive team, Vancouver, that's been able to win by clamping it down, and they just went out last night, got 37 shots, many of them high quality, a lot of deflections in front, which at times has given Schneider problems. He was terrific last night, clearly the number one star. Jimmy Hayes gets a big goal as well. Uh, it was a good day for Taylor Hall. He loves playing out in Western Canada, had a couple of assists in the Devils' 2 nothing victory. And here's the stat that will blow your mind. The Devils have won three Stanley Cups. The Devils have gone to five Stanley Cup final. The Devils have been a number one seed in 2001 when they went to the Stanley Cup final against Colorado. They, at times, were a dominant dynasty type of team. This is the first time in franchise history they've won nine of their first 11 games. They are 9-2 and two for the first time in franchise history. Devil fans embrace this. This team looks like it may be for real. For real in that they could be a playoff contender. 9-2, and two, it eventually is going to settle down. I'm very interested to see the game Friday in Edmonton. Uh, to see if this team can continue, and then they'll close out the Western Swing in Calgary before they come home to take on the St. Louis Blues. So the test is still ongoing, but there's something about this Devil team that is coming together. Good, young speed, and if they can get the goaltending from Corey, I think they're going to be fine. Chicago makes a statement on national television, shutting out Philadelphia 3-0. The Flyers back to 500, kind of in a malaise. But they did have 35 shots on goal on Corey Crawford, and he turned out to be the number one star. Usual suspects for Chicago scoring with Jonathan Taves getting a goal. And, of course, our team Anisimov also getting a goal as Chicago ends up shutting out Philadelphia 3 to nothing. Blackhawks kind of like uh, Pittsburgh, right, where they've kind of been in a malaise as well. But enough veterans, enough talent, enough experience where you still believe that's a team that's going to be a cup contender, so you don't get overly concerned about any bumps in the road with them. Philadelphia, on the other hand, we've talked about this before on Game Misconduct. They're in that group of teams, Florida, Boston, the Islanders, you know, all right there battling for that last playoff position. So Philadelphia is certainly coming back down to earth. And a couple of other late games that kind of kept you up after the World Series last night. Maple Leafs bounce back after losing to San Jose. They beat Anaheim 3-1. to Anaheim going through their injuries, so playing around 500 hockey. So some problems there for Anaheim that we'll address down the road. Uh, Kasha gets the only goal for them. But Brown gets his fourth. Marlowe gets his fifth. I'm sure he would have loved to score in San Jose, uh, but he was able to get the goal early in the third period that gave them the 2-1 to lead, and then it was Komarov with the empty netter to finish it off as the Leafs get a big win, 3-1 to over Anaheim. And San Jose continues to march forward, right? What is it, four straight wins now for them, a 4-1 win, and congratulations to Joe Thornton becoming just the 20th player in National League, National Hockey League history to get to 1,400 points. So he's a surefire Hall of Famer, 
and San Jose continues to surprise, and Nashville seems to still be in that kind of sleepwalking, lost the Stanley Cup final last year. Every time it looks like they're turning the corner, they put up a bit of a stinker, and last night uh, they were beaten by San Jose 4-1. to So look out, the Sharks are starting to gain some traction here in the National Hockey League. Slew of games tonight. Islanders and Capitals from Washington. Nice test for the Islanders. Look like they're beginning to turn the corner. Washington, another one of those teams like Pittsburgh, like Nashville, like Chicago. You know, what are they? They're off to a slow start, but too much of a pedigree to be overly concerned. Five, six, and one on the season. That's still a nice test for an Islander team that surprisingly is seven, four, and one on the year. Golden Knights continue their eastern swing against the Bruins. So far, not good. Lost to the Islanders, lost to the Rangers. They blew that lead in the third period. Keep an eye on the Golden Knights. We knew this was going to be a test. They're not passing it so far. Taking on a Bruin team, 4-3-3. Our buddy Charlie McAvoy playing well, a friend of the podcast. So keep an eye on that one. Red Wings and the Senators. Senators also another one of those teams. Conference final last year, 5-2-5. A lot of one-goal losses, a lot of losses in overtime in the shootout, taking on a Detroit team that at 6-6-1 has been a bit of a pleasant surprise. I'll be in Florida on Saturday for the Rangers and the Panthers. The Panthers will play before then at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Panthers, one night they're scoring five goals. The next night they're getting shut out. Uh, four, six, and one's kind of where they should be. And the Blue Jackets at 8-4, and four, a team nobody's talking about. And we'll see if they can continue to just fly under the radar and play consistent hockey. That should be a fun matchup. Rangers and the Lightning from Tampa. All seems to be right with the world with the Rangers, right? Four goals in the final 15 minutes against Vegas. They get a win. But this is a huge test. Pound for pound, the Lightning are the best team in the NHL. One of only two teams with 10 wins, 10, 2, and 1. You've got Stamkos. You've got Kucherov. You've got Hedman. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I don't want to say the Rangers are limping in, but I, here, here's the here's the news, okay? Rangers don't play 60 minutes tonight, they're going to lose. You know, if they think getting off to a slow start against the Lightning is going to be enough, they're in for a really rude awakening. If they think that they can protect the lead by not playing their kind of hockey in the third period, they will lose. they got to play 60 minutes tonight, which is something they have not done in the 13 games they played <clears throat> so far this season. So interesting game tonight for the Rangers, and then they'll go to Florida coming up on Saturday before they return home for a slew of home games. Rangers have a ton of home games early in the year, and they have not been able to take advantage of that. Maybe that's been a good thing because they haven't won a game on the road 0-3. Canadians, um, they had 83 shots on goal in two games uh, against the Kings and against the Rangers. Uh, They won again the other night. So let's see if maybe Montreal has turned the corner against a wild team that just struggling to score goals now. They certainly miss Parisi. Uh, lost the other night 2-1, to one, so we'll see if the Canadians also like the Rangers trying to march back to NHL 500 at 4-7-1, and one, and we'll see what they can do on the road. Flyers second of back-to-backs. They'll be in St. Louis to take on the Blues. Tough spot for Philadelphia because the Blues are all that. Uh, Jets, the team that beat the Wild uh, the other day 2-1, to one. they'll take on a Dallas Stars team that's kind of flown under the radar. A little top-heavy with their line of, of Sagan, uh, getting a play, a, a chance to play uh, with Ben and Rogeloff, but uh, that's still a good team playing above 500. They'll be in Winnipeg to take on the Jets. Uh, Hurricanes have kind of settled down a little bit. Still, I've only played uh, 10 games, so they still have a few games in hand on some teams. Uh, they'll be in Colorado to take on an Avalanche team that did settle down, but still I think many people surprised here in November, a game above 500. Penguins continue their western swing in Canada as they'll be in Calgary to take on the Flames. 
We've noted it before. Penguins 0-4 in the second of back-to-backs, giving up a ton of goals in those four games. So we'll see if they can buck that trend tonight at 9 o'clock. At 10, the Sabres and the Coyotes, the battle of the two worst teams in the NHL. They have exactly four wins between them so far this season with the Sabres 3-7-2 and and the Coyotes 1-11-1. And the Maple Leafs continue their western swing tonight in Los Angeles against the Kings and that is a tough spot for the Leafs at 8-5. and five. You don't want to take out a Kings, a heavy team, a physical team. And Toronto's playing a second of back-to-backs. The Kings have been off for a bit. So that should be a very interesting matchup tonight. So, Slew, we got, uh, we got what, 12 games tonight, all of them very high quality, and we'll have a lot to talk about coming up tomorrow. You know what it's about when we do game misconduct. It's about talking to you, having dialogue with you. That's what this is all about. So we want that chance to do that coming up here on Game Misconduct. Uh, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct is what you're looking to do here to get in touch with me. All right, let's go. Got, I had some real nice dialogue with Chris Moore last night. Not the Chris Moore, the former devil play-by-play guy, the guy that's working over at the fan, but Chris Moore was able to find the rule, and he sent it to me on why there was not a five-on-three for the Rangers against the Golden Knights back on Tuesday when Perron took the two tripping penalties in the same sequence and he sent me a note that said the reason that Perron's penalty is five on four for four minutes and not five on three for two falls in the situational rule book. Perron took both penalties, which in similar to a double minor for high sticking, a player is only sent to serve someone else's penalty in the event that the player penalized is not able to leave the box when the penalty expires. Examples are bench minor for too many men on the ice, which would be uh, one of the examples, or minor to a coach, a goalie who cannot serve two players on opposite teams getting even up calls, but one gets an extra penalty. I like the idea, but that is why. And, And so... I would like to see there be a choice in that situation. Do you take the two minutes five on three or the four minute five on four? And in case you're joining us late and don't know what Chris and I are talking about, it's that Perron took a tripping penalty. During the delayed penalty, he then tripped another Ranger. So he went in two tripping penalties, but instead of serving two minutes for both penalties and then the uh, Golden Knights losing two players, giving the Rangers five on three, Instead, it was a four-minute penalty, in which the Rangers scored on the first half of the penalty. So we were able to get the answer there. He also asked, who is your favorite local play-by-play guy to listen to? His is Rick Jenneret, of course, the Buffalo Sabres play-by-play guy, who I think is terrific. I've got tons of guys, of course. I think uh, we're so, I'm selfish here in New York because I think Sam Rose and Kenny do a great job with the Rangers. I love what um, Brendan Burke is doing now in his second year with the New York Islanders. And, of course, Harry Rose, who he replaced, was an absolute treasure. And I think Chris King does a great job on the radio side. And I think the Devils are set. Matt Lachlan on radio, who I've gotten to know over the years. Steve Cangelosi, who does a great job with the Devils and the Red Bulls. You know, but growing up, I love Doc Emmerich. I loved uh, Marv Albert doing play-by-play for sure. I've told you my favorites around the league, and I don't want to leave anybody out because I think they're all terrific in their own way. But I mentioned John Wyden, who I think is great. Jack Michaels in Edmonton uh, does a terrific job. Dave Gosher, who we had on, former Bruins play-by-play guy on the radio side, now working for Vegas. But growing up for me, the staple for me for hockey was always Doc Emmerich, and I got to hear Doc on radio when I was younger and, of course, all those years on television. Chris Smith says, uh, Don LaGreca, are the Sharks finally playing like the Sharks we expected uh, shout uh, to Pavs stepping up to fight for his team. Yeah, he got into it uh, last night. I didn't have the Sharks making the playoffs, but 
Thornton's played well. Pavelski, Couture. I, I felt that there wasn't much outside of the big four, right? You've got Thornton. You've got Couture. You've got Pavelski. You've got Burns. Who else was going to be able to step up for them? And I love Martin Jones, too, as a goaltender. Don't get me wrong. But you've gotten, you know, Heedle's played well. This Heed has got called up. The, the young kid is, is playing well. Um, Ward finally got off the schneid with a goal. I've always been a Sharks fan. I always want them to do well. I just did not believe that that was a team that was going to go anywhere this year, and I've been pleasantly surprised by the way that they played. Still a long season, got a long way to go. We'll see if that um, does not continue with the Sharks. Uh, Jack says, Canes fan here, what's the ceiling for our young squad? Skip, uh, Skinner and Slavin have been really good so far. Well, you got Slavin, who EJ Raddick on this podcast said he would not trade for any other defenseman in the league right now because he's got such an upside. So he's great. Skinner's gotten over his concussion situation. You got Hannafin there that's been a good young player for them. I mean, I have Carolina making the playoffs because I like this young group of players. I like Darling as a compliment to Ward between the pipes. Uh, I am very bullish on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we should mention this, too. Great job out of James. Glad Boyle is back playing. Uh, happy for him. Who is the brighter future for the Dead Devils or the Islanders? We'll, we'll get into that in a second. But, yes, um, I should mention that in the 2 nothing victory for the Devils over the Canucks, Brian Boyle did return, coming back from his fight from cancer, his first game of the season, and I thought he played well. But it was nice to see number 11 there for the Devils. I consider him a, a, a friend, getting to know him with the Rangers, and I could not be more happy for him in his fight that he seems to be winning right now and everything seems all right. Heck, he's playing hockey, so that's a good, that's a really good sign. Well, right now you take a look at it, young players. Okay, the Islanders have um, uh, Barzell, they've got Hosang, so they've got some younger players uh, there. Uh, the Devils, we're seeing Brat play, of course, uh, Heeshear playing. Um, and contributing on a high level, uh, Butcher. So right now it looks like the Devils' future might be a little bit brighter, uh, but I think the Islanders' future is pretty bright as well. The question is, is JT going to be a part of this all moving forward? And and that's that's the biggest thing. But right now, looking at the way the Devils' young players are all getting a chance to contribute, and heck, that comes from the fact that you know the Devils have not been a playoff team for the last five years, taking advantage of the draft. I think Ray Shiro has done a good job. Garth uh, Snow has done a good job as well, but if I had to give an edge, I'd give an edge right now to the Devils. Uh, Jack uh, Osteen says, Hi, Don. How how do you think Girardi will handle his emotions tonight as he faces off against the Rangers? The better question is, how will he handle his return to Madison Square Garden? I'm sure there'll be some emotion. The, the Lightning did have a skate today, so he got a chance to meet a lot of the uh, the Ranger media again, and he had a chance to obviously see some of the... Um, players i'm sure they probably got together last night because the rangers left yesterday afternoon to go to tampa but i think the true emotion and you saw it with step on at the garden last week when they give that video tribute to girardi and he's in front of those fans getting a standing ovation i think that's when the emotion is really going to hit him marcello fresh from his honeymoon says big enough uh, sample size to say new jersey is for real or still need to see how they respond to the inevitable adversity they will have Great question. Remember, last year they got off to a great start. If I'm not mistaken, they were actually a playoff team at Thanksgiving last year, and it all seemed to come apart. This seems to be more stable. I don't like them defensively. I don't like how they left Schneider out to dry last night. Those those shots were real high quality, and that's not as an effective offensive team in Vancouver as that you have if they're playing the Lightning or they're playing Toronto or some of the other good offensive teams. So they've got to clean that up. 
Uh, they still have two more games left on this Western swing with the St. Louis Blues waiting at the Rock next week. Um, the, the test is ongoing, Marcelo. The 11-game sample size is enough of a sample to get excited, but not enough of a sample to say this is definitely a playoff team. But it is eyebrow-raising that this team is off to the best start in franchise history considering some of the great devil teams of the past. Brett Lusdick says, nice comeback for Rangers Tuesday, but was against the fourth-string goalie. Tonight is huge test. Need to string together W's. Absolutely. Putting together consecutive wins is important. If you find a way to win tonight, then the Panther test looks like it's passable. You win three games in a row, and then you hit the ground running. I mean, that's what they're looking for. This trend of good game, bad game, good game, bad game is just not going to work. And also, Brett, 60 minutes. Have not seen it in their first 13 games. Have not. Not one game can you say that they have played a complete game. And once they do that, I think they're as competitive as any team in the league. They've got to do that. Vincent says, do you see the Rangers acquiring a top center this year to help turn this team around? Vincent, we talked about it before. A top center, very difficult to obtain. If you believe that Duchesne's that guy, it's going to cost you Brady Shea and and a first-round pick and a forward, something like that. Not easy to find. Uh, Kevin Fritz says, early pretenders or contenders? Vegas, Vancouver, San Jose, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Philadelphia, and New Jersey. Well, obviously Nashville, excuse me, um, uh, uh, not Nashville, Vegas, pretender. It's an expansion team. It's eventually going to even itself out. I think they're going to finish with a great record, but they are not a contender to me. There's just not a t- enough talent there, and this and this goaltending situation is going to burn them. They need Flurry to get back, and if they can hold on until Flurry gets back, I might change my opinion. Vegas pretender, Vancouver pretender. Remember, you're getting six goals out of Derek Dorsett. That's not going to continue. Winnipeg pretender, uh, better, but I'm just don't. I'm I'm not really sure that I'm saying contender for a cup. Ottawa, I believe they're a contender. I had them as one of the best teams in the division last year. Uh, this year, they went to the conference final last year. They'll start to figure it out and play better. That's a contender. Um, San Jose, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. I'm gonna wait. I, I'm right in between. I didn't have them making the playoffs, but they're starting to sway me. I'm in, I'm in between on them. Philadelphia, pretender. They come back down to earth. I don't think that they're a contender for the Cup, nor do I believe New Jersey is as well. Um, Devil's off to a great start, but when you're getting a lot of young kids playing, eventually it's going to even itself out. Now, can the Devils make the playoffs? Yes, but are you telling me they're a Cup contender? No, I don't believe that. Now, if you're saying contender just to be able to make the playoffs, and hey, anybody, you got to be in it to win it, different story, but I still want to see more of the Devils. They're starting to convince me here, and again, an underachieving Edmonton team on Friday, a beatable Calgary team the next day. We'll wait and see on that. But the only one I'm not really sure about is San Jose. And I want to watch a little bit more of that. Neil says, so good to see Brian Boyle back on the ice. Some things are more important than hockey. A true professional. I could not agree more. Absolutely. Um, to see him back. And listen, you know, we, we unfortunately we have realized where sports is in the importance in life, you know, whether it's the attack Tuesday on lower Manhattan, whether it's the floods that we've seen in Texas and in Puerto Rico, you know, around the country in Florida, um, we're constantly reminded every single day that this is the candy store, that this is where people go to kind of get away from their problems. And hockey for me does that. 
but sometimes it spills over, whether it's the news of Dave Strader before the season started and his passing from cancer, whether it's learning that Eddie Olchuk has colon cancer, whether it's learning that Brian Boyle is fighting cancer. Um, it, it spills over and reminds us that real life is all around us, and we should always take into perspective that when we say die hard fan, when we say we need to win this game, this is life or death, that it's separate from the actual life and death that goes on. And sometimes it spills over and you can't help but uh, be happy for the Astros last night. They win the World Series and know what that city went through uh, to be happy to see Eddie back to work um, and see him working the game last night in Chicago for the, the, the Blackhawks and the Flyers last night for NBC Sports. And I can't wait to see him on Wednesday for the first time. Uh, I've talked to him. We've texted, but I haven't been able to really see him since his cancer announcement. I'm looking forward to seeing him on Wednesday when he's at the Garden for that game between the Bruins and the Rangers on NBC Sports Net for Ravelry uh, Wednesday. So you just keep it in mind. And we get carried away with our teams, and we should, because this is a very important thing that we do. I'm lucky enough to get paid for it. You guys are lucky enough to be a part of what's happening here in what is a great time for the sport. But always file back in your mind that it is a distraction from the real life, and sometimes they spill into each other. So when you see Ryan Boyle play, when you see Eddie O work, um, when you see the memory of Dave Strader still being involved in this sport in some way, shape, or form, you know those are the things that you certainly uh, hold on to because those are very, very important aspects of everyone's life. So don't want to end on a downer, but it was a good story last night, so it's more of an uplifting story uh, of Brian being back with the New Jersey Devils, and they're actually hot and playing well, and, and we'll see if that can continue I still think that they're a pretender, but we'll have to wait and see. Certainly Boyle coming back in his veteran presence, a guy that's played in the final before, a guy's played in a ton of playoff games, certainly is going to be helpful for the Devils uh, down the road. All right, well, tomorrow we'll have our top five for the week, and if you want to contribute to that, certainly send me a tweet at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, what you think your top five is, and I'll compare it to mine. And we've got 12 games to go over, a slew. So I'm doing the Jets tonight, but I'm going to keep an eye on what's happening with the hockey, and I'm going to be definitely following everything when I uh, when I get home and uh, digest all of it because all those games seem to be pretty, pretty important. So I'm looking forward to that. So we will talk to you again tomorrow. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. Thanks for listening to the Game Misconduct podcast. Looking for more Don LaGreca? Hear him on the Michael K. Show weekdays from 3 to 7 p.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. And worldwide on the ESPN app. And don't forget to subscribe to the Game Misconduct podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.